Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs, broadcasting live from the NYC. It's Wednesday, June 27, 2018. For the next hour, I'm going to bring you the latest celebrity entertainment news on Joe Jackson, Terry Crews, 50 Cent, Jerry Seinfeld, and a whole lot more. So don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after these messages. The average time a resume spends on an HR manager's desk is seven seconds and most of them are tossed aside. Now imagine if one of those resumes belonged to Yasmin, who was... Living in a shelter, juggling three jobs. I had to be resilient. That's something that you can't teach. We rely so much on a resume, yet it could never tell the full story of someone who... Had to be independent and take initiative, and that's how I handle every project I get. Discover new ways to develop great talent at gradsoflife.org. Brought to you by Grads of Life and the Ad Council. When is the best time to talk to your family about staying in touch during a disaster? When the unthinkable happens? Or is the best time perhaps today? Go to nyc.gov slash readyny or call 311 and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me, but I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs, where I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you like the show and you want to know what's going on in the world of entertainment, make sure you click on the follow-up button on top of the show page, and that way you get a reminder when I broadcast live. Also, if you want to make a comment about any of today's stories, give me a call. The call-in number is 347-637-2656, and press the number 1. Again, that's 347-637-2656, and press the number 1. Also, like us on Facebook. Just go to www.facebook.com slash that's Entertainment Radio. Follow us on Twitter at That's Entertain One. That's uh, T H A T S Entertain and the number one. You can also follow me on Twitter at Stiletto Fourteen. Stiletto like the high heel shoe. S T I L E T T O and the number fourteen. And most importantly, follow me on Instagram. Just go to T Jones Gives. That's T J O N E S. G-I-B-B-S. Right now, the current temperature in the NY is a cloudy 73 degrees. Before I get started with the first story of the day, I'd like to give a shout-out to everyone that's currently on the phone line, on the chat room. Thank you for joining me here on this Wednesday afternoon. And again, if you want to talk about it, just give me a call. The call number is 347-637-2656. Tell me what you think. Also, I'd like to uh, thank everyone who's uh 
tuning in every Wednesday afternoon. I was on a two-week hiatus. I am back. So we got the latest of what's going on. And if, if you can't catch the show live, you can always go to the archives here on BTR. You can also check us out on Stitcher.com. You can also catch the show on our Facebook page as well. How is everyone doing this uh, afternoon? Um, we just got uh, the breaking news about the Jackson patriarch, Joe Jackson. He just passed away at the age of 89. We're going to be talking about it. Also this week we're going to be talking about Terry Crews. He just had the hearing for that sexual assault on him. We're going to be talking about 50 Cent as usual, not thinking, making fun of people as usual, being disrespectful. But he had something to say, making fun of Terry Crews about his situation. That will be coming up. Also, Jerry Seinfeld gave his opinion about Roseanne Barr's sitcom. He feels that... uh, that Roseanne Barr got the uh, bomb rap. In other words, he's saying that she, he felt that she shouldn't have got fired. I don't know what's that about. We'll we'll be talking about that later. And um, Lindsay Lohan's getting ready to develop a new reality show for MTV. That's right. She's she's cleaning up her uh, image, that bad girl image, and she wants to go forward being positive. And she's going to do it by doing this reality show. So we'll talk about that. And also uh, the latest in the uh, late night wars, but it's not what you think. The president, so-called 45, has something to say about Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Fallon, and Conan O'Brien. But they decide they want to put their little attack with a lot, with a little of their comedy. We're going to be talking about that. So without further ado, let's get started with the most talked about stories of the week. Hit it. All right. I just wanted to let everyone know I'm back from a two-week hiatus. Before I get started with the show today, I'd like to give a shout-out to uh, my nephew who got married this past weekend and to his beautiful wife, um, Marcellus, and his beautiful wife, Jasmine, wishing you all the happiness and the love in the world. I had to go down to Richmond, Virginia, to uh, celebrate the happy occasion. And just to get ready and prepared for this thing, you know, was kind of stressful in a way because, you know, I had to get myself ready, my family ready, and then we had to go down there, drive seven hours, and, you know, the traffic on the I-95 is really, is still the same as always, just bumper to bumper, and the thing is, the weather wasn't that great, it was rainy, and we ran into rush hour when you got to D.C., so, but other than that, I'm back, I want to give a shout out to all my, again, to my family, my sister, my mom, my cousins who also attend the happy occasion. So, um, yeah, shout out to them. All right, well, let's get started. You know, we did. It just came over the wire that the patriarch, patriarch of the Jackson family, has died. Yeah, the man who managed the Jackson Five to show business heights has died. Joe Jackson passed away today, Wednesday, at a Las Vegas hospital from pancreatic cancer. He was 89. His grandson, Randy Jackson Jr., shared the news of Jackson passing on Twitter. 
As a patriarch in a family that produced ten children, Jackson Iron Will and stern discipline of his young sons led them to music chart success. However, his tactics later estranged some of them, and he spent his final years living away from his wife, Catherine Jackson. Joe Jackson was born July 26, 1928, in Fountain Hill, Arkansas. His parents divorced, and Jackson went to live in California with his father. When he turned 18, he moved to Indiana to live with his mother. He had boxing success in the Golden Globe. Uh, I'm sorry, Golden Gloves competition. But when he met 17-year-old Catherine Scrooge. He annulled a previous marriage so he could marry her. The couple married on November 5, 1949, and moved to a two-bedroom house in Gary, Indiana. Jackson worked as a crane operator for U.S. Steel to support his growing family and also performed on guitar with a blues band called the Falcons. He then began noticing the musical talents in his sons, Jackie, Tito, and Jermaine, later adding younger son Michael and Marlon. The boys endured long rehearsals under Jackson management, but the hard work began to pay off in local talent show victories and high school dance gigs. The Jackson Five landed a spot at the Apollo Theater in Harlem, right here in New York, winning attention that won them their first record deal on the Gary label Still Town Records. Sensing the opportunity, Joe steered them to an audition for Detroit Motown Records, then the hottest R&B label in the country. They signed to the label in March of 1969. And having outgrown Indiana, the family moved to California with Joe supervising every Motown recording session. Their hit, I Want You Back, was was the number one single in every Motown recording session. And... um, it became number one in October 1969, followed by a full-length album. The promotional name, Diana Ross, presents the Jackson 5 in December of that year. And of his son, Michael Jackson, who died in 2009, Joe Jackson told Oprah Winfrey in a 2010 interview, quote, I don't think he was afraid of me. What he was afraid of, he may do something wrong, and I chastised him but not beat him. I never beat him like the media tried to say. Unquote. Joe Jackson was portrayed by actor Lawrence Hilton Jacobs in the 1992 miniseries The Jackson, The American Dream, and was awarded the Rhythm and Blue Music Hall of Fame Museum Humanitarian Award in 2015. Now, Jackson is survived by his wife, Catherine, son, Jackie, Teal, Jermaine, Marlon, and Randy, and daughter, Reba, Rebe, Latoya, and Janet. So, uh, yes. Joe Jackson, dead at the age of 89. I mean, he, a lot of people didn't, um, wasn't too keen on his uh, strict, iron, stern rules of management and how he dealt with the, how he kind of handled his kids when it came to, you know, making, being the best that they can be, you know, because it was until Michael got older, that he did become estranged from his father. So, but he, because of his sternness and always being a perfectionist and making sure their kids were the best that they could be, they became one of the top groups in the country during that time. And I remember uh, there was another musical family called the Silvers. They were like, the Jacksons' competition, so to speak, but the Silvers did they they only remain in 
that box, that 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 disco R and B box. The Jackson went to move on outside the R and B genre into pop, and then that's when Jack and Michael Jackson he branched off, and you know the rest. He became the king of pop. So yeah, Joe Jackson gone at eighty nine. Mm. Uh, Terry Crews he testified uh, before. Well, he's. Terry Crews said that he was threatened with retaliation of speaking out about sexual assault by a Hollywood agent, saying that the producer of The Expendable Four warned of vague troubles unless he withdrew, withdrew his civil suit. In a testimony this morning before the Senate Judiciary Committee, Crews said Expendable producer uh, A.V. Lerner called his manager and asked him that the actor to drop his case against Adam Vennett in order to appear in the fourth installment of the action film. Now, asked by Senator Amy Kobachar, she asked Crew if he had a role in the sequel, and he simply said no because this was the same producer under his name, and uh, and he said that the uh, that the abusers protect abusers, and this was the one thing he had to decide whether he was going to go draw the line on, and he was going to be uh, a part of this, or was he going to take a stand? And there was a project that he had to turn down. Now, Lerner was sued for sexual harassment, hostile work environment, and gender discrimination by a woman identified only as Jane Doe at the time the suit was filed, but Lerner dismissed the allegation as all lies and a joke. Now, Cruz was one of three people called to testify at a hearing about a sexual assault survivor, Bill of Rights, which provides new rights for victims of sexual violence in the federal criminal code. The committee was reviewing the implementation of that law, which was enacted two years ago. Um, and as you guys know, uh, Cruz said that he was sexually assaulted in 2016 while attending a party with his wife. The assaulted lasted only minutes, but the agent, whom he did not identify by name, was effectively telling him while he was holding his genital in hand that he held the power and that he was in control. Now, you know, Terry is also a, a known actor on the hit show Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He was, he's also a former NFL player. He filed a criminal complaint against Vennett, but the Los Angeles City Attorney Office declined to prosecute because the incident fell outside the statute of limitations. Cruz filed a civil suit against Vennett and William Morris Endeavors. Bennett served a 30-day suspension at the agency, conducted an investigation into sexual harassment allegation as part of the motion. He no longer carries his former title of head of the motion picture department, but will serve as an agent. And uh, once again, 50 cents. I don't know why he has a problem when it comes to other celebrities when they have unfortunate unfortunate. Uh, Incidents, he kind of make fun of it. So once again, he um, he took the to Instagram to bash Terry Crews after the Brooklyn Nine Nine actor testified before the Senate Judiciary Committee about the sexual assault by the Hollywood agent. Now the Instagram post included an image of shirtless Crews with the word "I got raped, my wife just watched." Unquote. It also features second photos of Crews in a suit with a rose in his mouth with the word "gym time." 
In addition to this flimsy meme, 50 Cent wrote in the caption, quote, LLL, what the F is going on out here, man? Terry, I froze in fear they would have had to take me to jail. Get the strap, unquote. Peppered with emojis, the caption was clearly an attempt to take mocking jabs at Cruz. The Instagram post has since been taken down, and a screenshot of the post can be seen. But it might be already taken down already. Now, this again, the post just comes days before Sunday's season five premiere of Power, on which 50 Cent is the executive producer and star. Now, the rapper turned actor has a record of bashing people, like I was saying, on Twitter. And sometimes these are posted shortly after or before the debut of a major project. In January, around the time his movie Den of Thieves came out, he posted a video of him in his car behind an Ottoman service truck ranting about how Altice pulled power from the star lineup. Like the crew's video, it had been taken down. And he also started an Instagram spat with MMA fighter Conor McGregor, and he even dragged Jay-Z after he released his album, 444, last July. He took to the social media platform to say that he was going to leave power because he felt that Stars was treating him and his series fairly. Once again, I don't know what's with this guy. Um, he's also, uh, you know, he's also was in trouble too for posting uh, a video of a, I don't know if it was an actress or a singer um, in a uh, sexual position, but he's, I don't know if that's still pending, so I don't know what's going on with that case. But um, yeah, he has a history of doing this all the time. Right now, we have 17 minutes after the hour. If you are just tuning in, you're listening to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs, where every week from 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern, I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you like the show and you're new to Blog Talk Radio, make sure you register as a listener and just click on the follow-up button on top of the show page, and it will send you a reminder via uh, email or or on Twitter or Facebook when I broadcast live. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld gave his opinion about Roseanne Barr's sitcom cancellation on ABC. Seinfeld didn't think it was necessary for the TV network to fire his fellow comedian from Roseanne for her racist tweet. The 64-year-old comedian defended the TV personality in an interview with Entertainment Tonight on Monday, June 25th. Now, this is what Jerry said. He said, quote, I didn't see why it was necessary to fire her. Why would you murder someone who's committing suicide, unquote. The Seinfeld alum also implied that Barr should have been given another chance. In Seinfeld's opinion, ABC should find someone like Barr to replace her on the sitcom as a possible solution. Now, ABC Network executives described to pull the plug on Roseanne after Barr posted an offensive tweet on May 29th about Valerie Jarrett. Jarrett is an African-American former advisor to former President Barack Obama and was born in Iran. Barr stated in her deleted tweet that Jarrett looked like the offspring of, quote, Muslim Brotherhood and, quote, Planet of the Apes. Barr then apologized for her tweet and claimed that it was actually about anti Semitism. Let me uh, say this. Really, Jerry, you really think that she got a fair, uh, think that it was not 
necessary to fire her. Let me tell you something. That is a problem because it's we have to set an example that once again this racist uh, bigotry can will not be tolerated. I don't care who it is, whether it's a celebrity, a politician, whatever. We got to make the example out of someone. And then Roseanne Barr, I don't know if you guys heard, she was on a podcast, I think a week ago. No, it was uh, the, it was taped a day or two after she got canned from ABC, crying on the show. She was talking with a rabbi, talking about uh, that it was unfair and that 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 wasn't her and uh, she lost everything. Please. And you know what they remind me of? When, remember when Paula Dean, her show got canceled, and she was on the Today Show talking to Matt Lauer, crying her eyes out, talking about that wasn't her, she's not a racist, I didn't mean it, uh, you know, oh, please. You And, and Roseanne Barr's going to be all right. She's going to be all right. And give her a couple more years, she'll be back on television or doing something else. Just like Paula Dean, she had a uh, a, a, a a she had a, a she was on the home shop. No, she was on the QVC. She had a brand of pots. She had she would do cooking segments on QVC. And then when QVC found out about the racist comment that she made, they got rid of her. They let her go. Now a year and a half or two years later, she's on another. Uh, I think it's Evine, back in business. So I don't I don't feel sorry for Roseanne. It's about time that she got called out for her actions. She's been doing this for years, talking about people, making comments, making uh, racial slurs, racial whatever. It's time for her to get um, called out for her behavior. So don't cry for her. She gonna be all right, even though she's saying she lost. Everything, she gonna be all right. So don't feel sorry. Um, Khloe Kardashian has received her early birthday gift from a talented folks at Madame Tussauds in Las Vegas. The Keeping Up with the Kardashian star had just gotten her first ever wax figure display in the Venetian Resort and Casino, joining some other famous stars whose figures are exhibited in the Fame Museum. Her wax statue was introduced yesterday, just one day before her 34th birthday, with very accurate details. The flawless figure looked like it was none other than Chloe herself. The figure is dressed in good American high-waisted jeans, a black lace bodysuit, and Christian Louboutin pumps. It stands in front of a pink and white floral wall. And even though Chloe was unable to attend the grand reveal, she took to Twitter to express her excitement over the sculpture. According to E! News, Chloe had been involved in the creation of the figure since she was first approached more than a year ago. The Revenge Body with Chloe Kardashian host reportedly sat down and posed for measurements in June of 2017. She even selected and donated items to Madame Toussaint for her wax, fig, uh, wax statue. Furthermore, more than 250 measurements and photographs were taken for reference before the grand reveal. And besides her wax figure, Chloe has received a lot of early birthday messages from fans. Meanwhile, it's still unclear how Chloe will celebrate her birthday. 
And Bella Thorne, she was shocked when she found out about Famous in Love cancellation after two seasons on social media. It's clear that Freeform didn't give Bella any warning or information about this before, and Bella eventually got upset. The Midnight Sun actress then took to Twitter on June 27 to call out the network. The redhead beauty retreated the cancellation news from Spoiler TV Twitter account, and this is what she wrote. She said, quote, if this is how I find out our show is canceled, I'm going to be so upset. Very hurtful, Freeform. I wouldn't like the, I would have liked the phone call, maybe, unquote. And this is what she expressed because she was very disappointed towards the TV network for Freeform. Now, before the cancellation, Freeform reportedly wanted to continue filming Famous in Love for Season 3. Now, according to the Hollywood Reporter, sources due to difficulties making a streaming deal with Hulu, the show was then canceled anyway. And beside the streaming deal issue, there's also conflict between Bella and director I. Marlene King. The sources said that Bella showed some diva-like behavior on set and refused to participate in freeform organized live tweets during the show's second season. And Gabrielle Union and Jessica Abba's Bad Boys spinoff has officially been saved. Bosses at Charter Communication picked up the pilot episode of L.A.'s Finest after network executives at, a, uh, at NBC passed on the project, which featured Union's Bad Boy 2 character, Sid Burnett, fighting crimes in Los Angeles with Abba as her single mother sidekick. And it seems like what they've seen, and they like what they've seen so far. They have even given the project a 13 episode straight to series order. And it seems like uh, they, they, they said that the show is going to premiere in 2019 exclusively on the Spectrum Network. The series will also feature Ernie Hudson, Zach Guilford, Dwayne Martin, Ryan McPartland, Ava and Union are among the executive producers alongside bad boy mastermind Jerry Bruckheimer. And Lindsay Lohan, she's developing a new reality show for MTV. The series we create, uh, will center upon her life in Greece, where she has launched a small business empire as a club boss. She recently opened a venue in uh, Mykonos and plans to open another one in Rose. And she hopes the new TV project will help people finally come to terms with the fact that she's no longer the wild party girl she was a decade ago when Lindsay was more famous for her antics than her movie and TV projects. Meanwhile, Lohan will reportedly be reprising her character in Tyra Banks' life-size TV movie sequel. In the original, the actress played Casey Stewart opposite Banks as Eve, a doll that comes to life. And during a tape chat with Steve Harvey for his show, his talk show, Banks was asked for the latest on the project and assured fans that Lindsay would be a part of the TV film. And Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Fallon, and Conan O'Brien have teamed up to respond to President Trump's attack on talk show hosts during his speech at a rally on Monday, June 25th, and a jointly produced co-open. The, the three funny men hold an emergency late-night video conference to discuss Trump war on late night. The clip opened with Colbert putting finishing touches on his mother-in-law, and then when Fallon video calls him to talk about what would happen next after the president insulted them, Colbert said back, hey, hey, quote, hey, lost souls, which Trump used to describe Fallon as the same rally. And when Colbert asked Fallon what he's been up to, Fallon admitted he's mostly whimpering, and Colbert sternly reminded him to be a man, a reference to Trump's tweet about the late-night host. 
While neither of them watched the Monday rally where Trump attacked them, they learned that the president called them, quote, no talent, low life, lost souls. Colbert disagreed and saying that's not right, and he said that's Conan. And that's when O'Brien, who was shaving, he seemed to be unaware that Trump is now president, asking that uh, for uh, the real estate guy who sells steaks, he's president. He warns his friends to be civil in case this could get ugly. Now, Colbert and Fallon didn't make a plan to meet at lunch at the Red, get this, at the Red Hen, the Washington DC, in Red in Washington, D.C., where the press secretary, Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders, was kicked out from last weekend because of her political beliefs. The cold open appeared on both The Late Show with Stephen Colbert on CBS and The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon on NBC on Tuesday night. Jerry, Jeremy Iron has joined the cast of Damon Letterloff Watchmen adaptation. The Great Brit will take on a leading role in the HBO pilot inspired by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons' uh, iconic comic book series. He joined previous cast Regina King, Don Johnson, Tim Blake Nelson, and Louis Gossip Jr. Reports suggest Oscar winner Irons will play an English lord in a world where the Watchmen superheroes are treated as outlaws. Lendeloff, who wrote the script and was executive producer pilot with director Nicole Cassell, recently told Deadline that the project will not be an accurate adaptation of the 12 issues of the comic, but an original story inspired by them. And Latin superstar Gloria Stefan is heading to TV to portray actress Rita Moreno's little sister on Netflix series One Day at a Time. The conga hitmaker has landed a guest role in the upcoming third season of the comedy for which she performed the revamped theme tune. As Stefan had previously put her acting skills to the test with a guest spot on Glee and in last year's A Change of Heart movie. Moreno's One Day at a Time is a reboot of producer Norman Lear's original sitcom, which aired from 1975 until 1984, and starred Bonnie Franklin as a divorced mother or two with Mackenzie Phillips and Valerie Bertinelli as her teenage daughters. The modern-day take on the franchise, which launched in early 2017, centered on the Cuban-American Alvarez family, with a cast led by Rita Moreno and Justina Machado. Lear served as the executive producer on the Netflix Project. Wow, I can't wait. Right now we have here um, 1.30 here in the uh, East Coast. Coming up in the next half hour, I'm going to give you the latest on uh, Russell Crowe. Why all of a sudden in his current weight game, we found out it's for a role to portray Controversial Fox News founder Roger Ailes. I'll tell you more about it. Also, Alex Baldwin has written a letter or an invite to the First Lady Melania, Melania Trump to invite her on an upcoming season of the SNL. That's right, and I'll tell you what he wrote in the letter. Also, uh, the production of MTV's Catfish is resumed after an investigation found sexual misconduct claims against host Ned Schumann was not credible. And also, uh, my favorite NBC show, Timeless, it has been canceled. But get this, NBC has decided to do a two-hour movie 
That's right, a two-hour movie for the series finale. All those stories coming up in the next half hour, so don't go anywhere. Right now, 
we got 24 minutes left remaining in the show. That was new music from Kiana Lede in Fair Play. Right before we went to the music break, I was telling you about Russell Crowe's recent weight gain. Well, it has finally been explained. He's getting ready to portray controversial Fox News founder Roger Ailes in his U.S. television debut. The Oscar winner has been spotted looking heavier than usual in recent Snap published online, and now it seems that he's been packing on the pounds in preparation to play the disgraced former TV mogul who died last year. Showtime Network bosses have given an eight-episode orders produced Tom McCarthy and Jason Bloom as yet untitled limited series based on Gabrielle Sherman's best-selling book, The Loudest Voice in the Room. Now, Sherman also covered the sexual harassment scandal that led to Ailes' departure at Fox News for New York Magazine. The late Ailes was largely responsible for shaping Fox News into the TV force it has become today, but his legacy and reputation were tarnished following a series of sexual misconduct allegations. Now, Bloom's new series starring Crow as the newsman and media advisor to President Richard Nixon, Ronald Reagan, and George H.W. Bush were reportedly focused on the last 10 years of his life up to and including the role he played as advisor to the Donald Trump presidential campaign following his departure from Fox News. It won't be Gladiator star Crow's first challenge to play a real-life person. He earned Oscar nods for portraying Jeffrey Wingate in The Insider and John Nash in A Beautiful Mind, and he also tackled the role of boxer Jim Braddock in Cinderella Man. Alec Baldwin seemingly has an idea for the upcoming season of Saturday Night Live. Alex, who's known for his Donald Trump impersonations on the NBC late-night comedy show, reaches out to no, uh, no other than First Lady Melania Trump on Twitter, and get this, invited Flotus to join him on the show. That's right. This is what he, this is what he uh, tweeted on Saturday, June 23rd. He said, Dear Melania, we know what you're thinking, what you're feeling. <laughs> you are quaking with anticipation, shuddering with a strange newfound courage. Come, come over to the light. We will welcome you as a hero in ways you never imagined possible. And then do SNL with me. Sincerely, Alex. Now, you know Alex is an Emmy-winning actor, okay? And this is what he posted. He then followed it up with a snap of himself with the president's wife. He said, quote, we have a chair waiting for you in the uh, in the uh, NBC SNL makeup room. This is what he captioned. Now, some fans, however, don't seem to be happy with Alex's idea of having Melania on the show. Some said that they have disagreed with him, that he should not welcome Melania. She's on the wrong side of history and will always be as long as she is married to Trump. This is what one fan has said. The invitation arrived in the wake of Melania's controversy over her jacket. During a recent visit to a detention center at the U.S. border in Texas, Flotus wore a jacket that read, quote, I really don't care, do you? People thought that the outfit choice was callous since the detention center has detained children who have been separated from their parents due to President Trump's zero-tolerance policy regarding undocumented immigrants. The First Lady spokesperson insisted that the jacket meant nothing, and she hoped that it wouldn't shift people's attention from her goodwill visit. Meanwhile, the president claimed that it was on purpose for the fake news media. 
And production on MTV Catfish is to resume after an investigation found sexual misconduct claims against host Nev Schulman, Schulman were not credible. In a YouTube video posted in May, Aisha Morgan, who appeared on the show in 2015, accused the program host and executive producer of relentlessly hitting on her, questioning her about being a lesbian, and propositioning her for sex. Now, Schulman, who had worked on Catfish since 2012 alongside filmmaker partner Max Joseph, denied the allegation, but the reality show was put on hold by MTV network bosses as an investigation was carried out. However, on Saturday, June 23rd, MTV executive released a statement and said that a formal complaint about Schumann's alleged behavior had never been made by Morgan. Following the decision, Schumann took to Twitter to thank fans for their support during the filming hiatus. And Timeless has apparently ran out of time. NBC has decided to pull the plug on the time travel series after two seasons. This is what the network announced on Friday, June 22nd. But don't be too sad, Timeless fans, because I'm one of them. The series may not be returning for a third season, but it seems like the network is considering a two-hour movie for the series finale. The beloved series barely made it to season two after being saved from cancellation following its freshman run. To save the series with star Abigail Spencer and Matt Lanter, producers Sony gave up 50% of the show's ownership stake to NBC Universal Television. In its second season, Timeless averaged just about 1.2 in the key adults 18 to 49 demographics and pulled in nearly 5 million total viewers with seven days of delayed viewing. Wow. You know, and we, re- you know, it, we really, a lot of the fans kept, they were, they went on social media and said, please save Timeless. Now, I heard that other fans said, well, can we, can they, Put Timeless on another uh, network, maybe on the streaming service, you know, because that's how they say Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Brooklyn Nine-Nine was canceled from Fox, and NBC, their sister station, NBC Universal, decided to keep them, save them. So let's see what happens. But uh, at least, because you know how you love your, you have your, your favorite show, and then it was canceled, but they left you hanging with a cliffhanger, and you're like, well, what happened to so-and-so? What's going to happen to so-and-so? Perfect example, the Mick. You know, I had um, I, I, I had interviewed um, one of the stars of the show, and it was season two, and they were canceled. But when it ended, it left us with a cliffhanger. And now we're not going to know what happens to these characters because – it's been canceled. So, but at least they, at least uh, NBC decided to give us at least uh, a closure on the show. I appreciate that. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is reuniting with his Looper co-star, Bruce Willis, to emcee the Action Man upcoming Comedy Central TV roast. The expendable actor will follow the likes of Rob Lowe, Charlie Sheen, James Franco, and Justin Bieber when it becomes the butt of the jokes as friends and comedians rip him to pieces during the Comedy Central roast of Bruce Willis, which is set to film at the Hollywood Palladium in Los Angeles on July 14th. 
The special will air in the U.S. on July 29th. Now, Gordon Levitt played a younger version of Bruce's character in 2012, Looper, and he revealed he jumped at the chance to be the Roastmaster during the TV special. Other guests set to join in the fun of the TV roast will be announced in the near future. And Daria is the latest series which will be getting a reboot treatment. The animated sitcom, which aired from 1997 to 2002, is set to be revived on the newly launched studio by MTV named MTV Studios with Daria and Jody as the working title. Announced on Thursday, June 21st, MTV Studios is new production unit that hopes to make new shows and reboot old ones. Grace Edward, Unbreakable Kimmy Smith, Inside Amy Schumer had been tapped to write the new series. Created by Glenn Eschler and Susie Lewis-Lynn, Daria follows Daria Morgendorfer, a smart, acerbic teenage girl, and her best friend, aspiring artist Jane Lane. It is set in the fictional suburban American town of Lawndale and is a satire of high school life and full of allusions to and criticism of popular culture and social classes. Daria Reboot joined other projects including The Real World Update, a new version of the unscripted show Made, and a live-action reboot of the sci-fi series uh, Aeon Flux, which will hail from Teen Wolf writer Jeff Davis and be produced by Gail Ann Hurd from Fear the Walking Dead. The new studio will also produce some new series, including The Valley, which is right now a working title, and MTV's Straight Up Ghost and Siesta Key. And former James Bond star Pierce Bronson is eager for Tom Hardy to step into the role of Super Spy 007 when Daniel Craig retires from the coveted gig. The Dark Knight Rises star has long been a fan favorite to take over the franchise after Daniel's next outing as Bond, and predecessor Pierce is convinced that Hardy has what it takes to really make make the part his own. Hardy isn't the only name to be taunted as a possible successor to Craig. Idris Elba, Aidan Turner, and James Norton were previously also said to be in the running for the prestigious job. There's also been talks of switching up the gender of author Ian Fleming's famed secret agent and casting an actress as Bond, but Pierce fears, fears it would stray too far from the uh, origin uh, of, the, of the story. Now, Bronson played Bond in four, four films, from 1995, Golden Eye, to 2002, Die Another Day, which was my personal favorite. And admits he had a tough time accepting his exit from the story's franchise. It wasn't until he returned to the U.K.'s Pinewood studio to film 2008 Mamma Mia! movie musical that he really came to terms with being replaced by Craig for 2006 Casino Royale. Now, Craig is widely expected to walk away from Bond after filming the next installment with Danny Boyle, which will mark his fifth appearance as 007. Now, production on the as-yet-untitled movie will begin in December, and it will open in theaters in October of 2019. Right now, we have uh, 13 minutes left remaining in the show. I'm going to go ahead and take another break. And when I come back, I'm going to give you the uh, last remaining stories for the day, so uh, don't you go anywhere. You have to have vision to understand. Love is blind. Talk to them, It's been a while, I found you about somebody else. They say you're ready to do it. 
Featuring Ty Dollar Sign and Better On Me. Right now, we currently have about uh, nine minutes left remaining in the show. And for the last remaining stories for the week, apparently, Ewan McGregor will wear his Jedi robe again. Recent rumors suggested that McGregor will return as the Jedi Master in Star Wars Episode 9. Star Wars fans were excited about the idea of McGregor possibly returning to the film franchise, even though he had never been confirmed for the role. However, a source claimed that he will star in the project. A source tells the Sun that the 47-year-old actor will film some scenes secretly with J.J. Abrams for the finale of the sequel trilogy. The actor, meanwhile, told Entertainment Weekly that he'll be happy to reprise his uh, iconic role. Directed by J.J. Abrams, Star Wars Episode uh, Nine is currently in pre-production and will revisit iconic legend, uh, legacy characters from the previous trilogy. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, Star Wars Episode Two, Attack of the Clones, Star Wars Episode Three, Revenge of the Sith, including Yoda. 
McGregor character character Obi Wan Kenobi made his last appearance in Star Wars Episode Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, and his voice can briefly be heard in one of the scenes of Star Wars: The Last Jedi, which is also known as Star Wars Episode Eight. There's no denying Obi Wan is an integral figure in Star Wars franchise, as he had trained both Anakin and Luke Skywalker. Walker at various points in his life. With that being said, it's not surprising if Disney is allegedly considering an Obi-Wan standalone movie. Unfortunately, there's exactly zero confirmation about that project directly from the studio. Uh, in an interview with MTV, Lucasfilm CEO Kathleen Kennedy revealed that they expect to announce another Star Wars spinoff around the summer after Solo, a Star Wars story, but she didn't want to confirm anything because she didn't want to rush the creative process. And Cher wants to stick needles in her eyes when watching aspects of her personal life being portrayed in her new stage musical, The Cher Show. The jukebox musical, which features songs from Cher back catalog, chronicles her life from her childhood in Los Angeles to her reinvention as a pop icon and movie star following her days in pop duo Sonny and Cher and the end of her turbulent marriage to Sonny Bono. The production, which featured three actresses playing Cher over different time periods, opened for previews early in June in Chicago. ahead of a transfer to Broadway in New York later this year, and the Believe singer admitted on the Graham Norton show that it was hard to watch some of the personal elements in the show. The 72-year-old career is uh, 72-year-old career is still going strong, with an album currently in the works and an appearance in movie, movie uh, her appearance in the movie musical Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, that's about to hit theaters, and the singer shared that she will never expect it to be working at her age, and she doesn't know when she'll stop. In the movie, a sequel to 2008, Mamma Mia, Cher plays the mother of Meryl Streep's character, Donna, but she insisted she wasn't offended to be offered the role, despite being only four years older than the Oscar winner. And uh, Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom has thumped its way to the top of the North American box office chart with a roaring $150 million debut. The action blockbuster starring Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard took a huge bite out of the competition to take the number one spot on the new countdown, although it paled in comparison to the record-breaking 2005, uh, 2015 launch of Jurassic World, which grossed $208.8 million. The two dinosaur epics, The fourth and fifth installment in the franchise are now Universal Pictures' best domestic movie openings ever. The sequel, which was directed by J.A. Bayana, easily outpaced its closest box office challenger, although Incredible 2 still proved to be a popular pick, taking another $80 million in the second weekend on release. And Ocean 8 stole another $11.6 million to take third place and cracked the $100 million mark in North America, ahead of action comedy Tag at 4 and Deadpool 2 at 5. Jurassic Park Fall and Kingdom Master launch in the U.S. and Canada helped to extend its stay atop the global rundown with a bumper weekend tally of $256.7 million. That total gross to date now stands at $711.5 million putting the project well on the path to hitting the $1 billion milestone in the coming weeks from our $107 million budget. 
And uh, Black Panther, the greatest showman, and Riverdale had picked up additional nods in the final wave of nomination for the 2018 Teen Choice Awards. Days after winning Best Villain at the MTV Movie and TV Awards, actor Michael B. Jordan is in the running for the movie's villain title for his role in the superhero blockbuster Black Panther. Facing off against fellow Marvel baddie Kate Blanchett in Thor Ragnarok and Josh Brolin in Avengers Affinity War, as well as Adam Driver, Star Wars The Last Jedi, and Bill uh, Skarsgård in It, and Aiden Gillen in Maze Runner The Death Cure. The breakout movie star will be a fight between the likes of Kiela Settle from The Greatest Showman, Kelly Marie Tran from Star Wars The Last Jedi, and Leticia. Right from Black Panther, which contenders for the movie ship honoring the best screen couples, including Chadwick Boseman, Lupita Yanyango in Black Panther, and Zach Efron and Zendaya in The Greatest Showman. The uh, Teen Choice Award, which covers movie, TV, and music, will be held in Los Angeles in August of 2018. And uh, the winners of the 2018 BET Awards were announced. It was revealed at the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles on Sunday, June 24th, that Kendrick Lamar and Cardi B were the big winners, bagging two awards each. Kendrick won Best Male Hip-Hop Artist Award after besting fellow nominee, including Drake, Jay-Z, and J. Cole. He additionally nabbed Album of the Year Award for his critical acclaim effort, Damn!, Cardi, meanwhile, took home Best Female Hip-Hop Artist Award, beating out the likes of Nicki Minaj and Remy Ma. She also won Coachella, uh, I'm sorry, she also won Coca-Cola's Viewer Choice Award for her hit song, Bodak Yellow. Now, other musicians who grabbed an award at the Jamie Foxx-hosted show include Beyonce, Bruno Mars, and Migos. The songstress won Best Female R&B Pop Artist Award, while the 24K Magic Hitmaker took home Best Male R&B Pop Artist Award. The Hip Hop Trio, on the other hand, won Best Group Award. And not only honoring the biggest musicians in the industry, the award also honors sports, television, and movie releases between April 1st of 2017 and March 31st, 2018. Black Panther was announced as the winner of the Best Movie Award with lead actor Chadwick Boseman snatching the coveted Best Actor Award. Meanwhile, Tiffany Haddish was named the Best Actress. In the sports category, Serena Williams was honored with Sportswoman of the Year, while LeBron James took home Sportsman of the Year. Now, they also honored chairman and CEO of BET, Deborah Lee. She was honored with the Ultimate Icon Award for her contribution to the entertainment industry. Ava DuVernay also brought home Video Director of the Year Award, defeating Benny Boone, Director X, Dave Myers, and Chris Brown. Also, Anita Baker. She got the Lifetime Achievement Award. Wow. Um, so congratulations to all the winners and nominees of the 2018 BET Awards. Well, uh, that will do it for me for this week. Uh, tune in next time when we uh, do it all over again. You've been listening to That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs. Have a great week. Stay safe, and uh, we'll talk again next time. Take Take care.